this is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast, episode 63. Mr Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mach. I'm eating wine gums here, lad. Oh, I didn't think we were going to start this quick. Uh, yeah, well, when I said we were about to start, I thought that might have been a good clue. <laughs> yeah, but I'm used to wearing all the jingles and stuff, and because we're using the magic of the internet tonight, uh, we didn't have any of that, but I'm ready to go. Okay, cool. Ready and able. Yeah, so no game to look back on. Again, another completely boring weekend. Internationals aside, well, including internationals, actually. It was just boring, wasn't it? Yeah, international football, I've, I've decided now, has to be banned. Um, right to your MP, right to the Prime Minister, right to Sepp Blatter, right to FIFA, whoever you can think of, let's ban international football because it's crap. I know it's not fair on the players, but what if they just sacked it off through the season and then did all the qualifiers in the summer for the World Cup and the Euros and then the year after had the World Cup and the Euros? There's a good, there's a thought. Sounds like a winner to me. Um, I'm sure uh, the FA of uh, the FAs of all the various countries wouldn't be too happy because they'd lose out on a load of money. But uh, I don't care about them. I just want our Everton back every week. Well, you'd avoid a load of problems as well. I mean, look at Serbia and Albania. It was absolutely nuts. Um, them Serbians are mad. What was it? So they sent a drone, like a drone, like like out of twenty four or Homeland or something. A drone with a flag. A drone with a yeah. flag. Yeah. Basically, I'll, I'll try and put this into a term that we can understand. It's like. Um, Everton used to own Liverpool, which we pretty much did, let's face it, because they were like our afterbirth, you know, spawned from our reserves. And then Liverpool come to play Everton, and all their fans are banned out the ground, and we refuse to recognise that they exist or that they're a separate club. And then someone flies a Liverpool flag over the ground by, you know, by a drone and one of our players Jags jumps up and drags it down and uh, made the kicks off because all Liverpool players kick off because the flag's getting had off um, I actually think I'd quite like to see Jagielka ripping to bits a, a Liverpool flag but, but there you go apparently it's not the done thing in, uh, in the Eastern Europe well you said you put it in kind of our terms I don't think in our terms or you know a situation we could kind of understand I think it would be more like one of those Jag remote control helicopters that you get from Greaty Marker or something? No, you can buy drones now. You get them in town in the gadget shops. Easy to get hold of a drone. Oh, nice one. Okay, didn't know that. Didn't know that at all. Um, anyway, you'd have thought you'd have thought we'd ever be talking about drones on this uh, podcast. Anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but we but do. That's just we do drone on a little bit. International weeks, yeah. We do drone on a little bit though. Yeah, see what you did there. Yeah, uh, so international uh, football breaks, snoozy snooze fest. Uh, England won two games, not bothered. Jagielka scored, great. Baines didn't play in the first game, played in the second game. Couldn't get, 
Jack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second game, I, I I watched. I didn't watch the five nil win, but I watched the snooze fest that was the one nil, where it was just ridiculous. Rooney had about five chances, and then uh, he managed to put in a free kick with the helping hand of the Estonia keeper. Um, one nil scraped through a poor side. Well, we're a poor side ourselves, though, aren't we? Well, yeah, but I mean, it looks like they've already done enough now to, to qualify, I think, as we said last time England played. So, um, yeah, that's, what, three wins out of three. So, uh, you know, they, they, they move on, England. Um, and obviously, John Stones was missing because of his injury. Uh, but, you know, Bainesy and, and Jags getting some game time there. But I know and by the look of it, they've both come back injury-free, which is the, the main thing, coming back from an England camp. Yeah, I think this international break, though, will forever be known as uh, the one where Raheem Sterling was just a little bit too tired and couldn't be bothered. I, I felt like doing that on Monday. Uh, I don't feel like playing. I don't feel like coming into work today. I'm just a little bit too tired. So, I think that's it. You know well, what? Go on. It's, it's, it, it basically says everything you need to know about the air. Uh... You know the work ethic of, of Liverpool players. Could you imagine James McCarthy ever saying, "I don't want to play today. I'm too tired." No, I think he might get um, dragged away from the uh, the dressing room uh, because he's too tired, uh, or the manager thinks he's too tired. But he's, he'd be kicking and screaming, wouldn't he, to 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 play? I'd imagine, no matter what. Yeah, and speaking of James McCarthy, obviously uh, that moves us on nicely to the Republic of Ireland, who probably had, I would suggest, that the result of the the international break, um, going out and playing in Gelsenkirchen in Germany, playing the world champions in the, their own country, uh, 1-0 down, and uh, 93rd minute, uh, an Irish team featuring Aidan McGeady, uh, get it get an equaliser a John O'Shea volley in the 94th minute of all things um, and run away with a 1-1 draw and nick a point yeah great result there I mean who could go to Germany and get a point I mean not many nations would uh, although they, 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 well, they got beat they, last week didn't they yeah in all honesty you know they, they've not made a good start at all they are struggling and qualifying uh, as are Holland as well and you know Spain aren't looking particularly good at the moment so uh, you know if the form continues on like this then it, it could be you know an open qualifying and in a very open European Championships uh, in two years time so it, it's going to be interesting I think but as we say there um, Aidan McGeady was the only blue uh, who appeared for the Republic of Ireland obviously no Seamus due to injury uh, no McCarthy who's still out at the moment uh, so there you go yeah. Okay. So the uh, the other the other international uh, moment of note was uh, our player of the season so far popping up for Scotland as well. Yeah. Um, Stephen A. Smith started, played seventy minutes for Scotland away in Poland and a qualifier. Um, I watched this game and it was it was one of them games where you start watching, and you think, oh, I'll leave it on for twenty minutes, see how Nazi's getting on. Um, and I had to stop watching the whole game because it was a brilliant game backwards and forwards you know Scotland are terrible defensively 
Um, so you know, Poland were getting quite a few chances, and and Scotland at the break up the other end, and and as we say, uh, good old Stevie Naismith there popped up with a, a nice little volleyed finish to actually give uh, Scotland a two-one lead with about that which they kept hold of until about fifteen twenty minutes from the end, and and Poland equalised, and and that finished two all as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still a decent result for Scotland, isn't it? And nice to see Nacy carrying on his form. And that definitely will not be the last you will hear of uh, Stevie Naismith in today's podcast. Yeah, um, you know, Lukaku featured for for Belgium as well. Uh, He's being kept out of the team at the moment by uh, Arigi, a lad who we're going to see a little bit of over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, plays for Lille on loan from Liverpool. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and on the subject of Lille, this time next week, lad, I'll be there in the grounds. What what will you be doing? I'll probably be trying to keep my eyes open, my eyes open, uh, watching it on uh, crappy ITV four, won't I? Unlucky son, unlucky. I oh, know. Never mind. You can't win them all. Well, you can't get any. You can't win any of them, can you? Um. um so anyway. Leave an international week there because even talking about it, I was getting bored. So I don't know. Normally we'd go, uh, we'd 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 still be talking about you, you, it. You meant to try and make this a bit more exciting for our listeners, so you know they don't get bored of listening to us. We're meant to try and build up the international week, which is not very good at doing that, though, are we? No, I just I think I think we're all in the same boat, though, aren't we? Um, I think ninety percent of Everton fans. I don't know whether I don't know whether it's just Everton fans. Maybe it's just ninety percent of all football fans. I just don't think they care anymore. I think it's just it's just lost on people. I think you wear your um, you wear your colours, wear your club colours now, and that's more so much more important than um, stupid international games. That you know how far we're just in October, well, middle of October now, and we've had two international breaks already. What's that all about? That's four international games. And and you know we're two two months into the season. Well, the good news is uh, that obviously club football is back at the weekend, uh, and the Blues are back at Goodison, which is what we've been waiting for. Uh, we obviously are getting paid a visit by by Aston Villa, uh, and it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. So we'll uh, we'll obviously preview that game towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but I think it's probably time for a bit of Everton news. Okay, Blues, time for a little bit of Everton news of the week. And um, like we said last week, it will be a little bit little bit of Everton news. Uh, we're back into the full flow of the season, uh, international breaks aside. So not many transfer rumours going around, although there are one or two, though, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit when we mark. Yeah, obviously, I think we should have a look at sort of a bit of an update on some of the injuries at the moment. Um, and I, I wanted to start with John Stones really uh, he's had his operation on his ankle and it appears to have all gone well yeah good news of course uh, good news for Everton and England uh, pity he's not back this weekend because we might have a little bit of a dilemma which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the social media section um, but uh, 
definitely a good sign that he's come through uh, the operation side of things okay and is on the road to rehab and recovery now. Yeah, I think the operation itself was pretty straightforward, you know, a fairly standard operation. So, obviously, the important part now is how the club manages uh, his rehab and how they, they bring him back, uh, which hopefully will be, you know, as slowly as is needed uh, to make sure he doesn't he doesn't re-injure it, John. Uh, there is a lot of talk, though, saying that, you know, in a way, this break might, might do him a bit of good and might do the way he defends a bit of good because what people are saying is, you know, while he's got to keep his weight off his ankle... Uh, he can hit the gym, maybe do some weights, maybe build his, his upper body strength up a little bit, which is something possibly when you look at him, you might think he's lacking. You know, he's a slim lad, uh, tall, a little bit stringy, you might even say. So uh, one thing you could probably say was missing from his game was probably a little bit of strength. And it looks like he, he's got the time to work on that now. Whether that will slow him down and maybe take a little bit of his skill away from his game, it, that's yet to be seen. But... Uh, you know, for the centre half, I think, and that's the position I see him in uh, in the future going forward. I think that can only be a good thing, building himself up a little bit. Yeah, the same thing uh, happened to Ross Barkley. Remember when he when he first burst burst onto the scene and got his really bad injury, and um, you know he he was he was like very much in the same mould as John Stones, as though probably a little bit shorter, um, really tall, skinny. Uh, and then he disappeared off the scene when he had his injury and came back like fully filled out. Um, so you know, obviously, he, you know, he had a little bit of growing left to do, but he'd obviously been hitting the weights as well. So, uh, you know, it's only what, what he's got ten weeks to try and you know get get some kind of fitness. He's not gonna be doing a whole lot of work on the lower part of his body. So yeah, he's he's not just going to be sat playing PlayStation all day, is he? So he's definitely going to be doing some kind of exercise and hopefully it will benefit him in the long run. Yeah, you say that, but I don't know, you know, you know, FIFA 15 is pretty good, so he, he might just have a big session on that, especially if he's trying to get his, uh, his career mode on the go. Yeah, do you reckon he, he start, him, start as himself in a pro, be a pro or be a player mode, whatever it is these days? It's, it's possible, isn't it? I wonder if, you know, when you see, you look at FIFA now and, and all the images of the players and the facials are all really good. I think we posted Brian Oviedo to our Facebook page the other day. Do you think the players look at it and they go, God, that looks not unlike me, even though it is like a digitised version of the faces? Well, I, I always think, like, what about the players who don't get the full uh, the full treatment? You know, they, they, they tend to put, like, just... Uh, you know, they put a handful of players where they do the full works on them, you know, and then they do ones where they, they use like stock, um, stock faces for them, and you think those players are just a little bit gutted that they kind of, you know, the, the the makers haven't been asked, actually putting in the work for them. I think they must be well offended, and get straight well, straight onto editor mode and make themselves. I know the, uh, the the latest version of FIFA's got, or ev- it's the first one to have every single Premier League round on, isn't it? So oh, is I it? think they've got every single Premier League uh, face as well. I think they've done all the squads. So, I mean, let's face it, you- you're not exactly going to go, yeah, let's have a game of FIFA and I'll go Tramia, are you? But yeah, if you're a Tramia fan, why wouldn't you? Well, I suppose. Anyway, um, fellow we talked about just then, uh, Ross Barkley, uh, 
news has come out today that he, he could be in line for a return, which we'll talk about in a, a little bit more detail later. But he uh, was back in training this on Monday, so definitely a possibility and definitely good to have Ross Barkley back in training. How we have missed him. Yeah, we have missed him. I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking about this and, you know, we're looking forward to Ross coming back and obviously I am. Um, but to me, you know, he, he's coming back to either play out wide or, or to come in off the bench because at the moment you're not dropping Stevie Naismith. Yeah, it's it's where he is. Someone's going to have to play out of position. Uh, and whether you'd class Naismith playing out wide, you'd class that as him out of position at the moment. Um, I can't see why you would not be playing Naismith up the middle. Uh, would we adapt? Would we have Coleman as our wide man if he's back? Is Coleman back? I mean, that that's another issue. Um, I, I don't know. I I, th- I I think I think they're going to play both, but I, I don't think Barkley's going to play going to start up the middle as such. I think he's going to be starting a little bit wide if he starts at all. Because Naismith, you can't. Who's who's going to budge Naismith out of that out of that uh, starting position at the moment? Well, I think a lot a lot of people, you know, think Ross Barkley will. And I'm not a big fan of playing players out of position just to accommodate them into a side. Um, so you know, as far as I'm concerned at the moment, you know, the first choice sort of second striker is is Stevie Smith all day long, and 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 Russell after earning his place back. Uh, if he wants to get into the starting eleven, I, I just I, I think we need him in the side too much though. So it's it's someone's out of position because Lukaku's been playing out of position. It's just who plays out of position better uh, at the moment, and uh, I think you know we, as as we said last week, we need someone to be able to pick the ball up in our defensive mid midfield position. And run twenty and thirty yards, pass players, take players out of the game in order to make space. Because at the moment it's too slow. We're giving teams too much time to get their players back in position. You know, and you know, an incisive pass or a little dribble will take players out of position, and we're just too slow for it. And I think Barkley is the best player we've got for that at the moment. Barkley and Morales, sorry, and Morales is obviously injured, so. He's got to come yeah, in. I think in the, in the very near future, you know, Barkley can do a job out on the right. Uh, you know, I th- I've got a sneaky suspicion that that Naismith will probably get moved out to the right, but I, I don't personally think that that's the right thing to do. Uh, but I think once Morales is back, you know, Barkley's still got a lot to prove for me, really. So you know, he, he's got to take a chance when he gets it uh, and show why he should be starting ahead of Stephen Naismith and and. Yeah, the, the form Stephen Aitchman's been in this season so far, that's not going to be an easy task. So the lad's got a big challenge on it, I think, this season. Yeah, I mean, the the formation will definitely change uh, when, whether we're in possession of the ball in, uh, you know, in attack or coming from a defensive situation. Uh, I think Ross will probably drop in and then swing out wide or swing out wide when, when, when we're chasing the ball down. And then, um, you know, obviously Coleman will be on the overlap, so Barkley might go a little bit more central. I don't know, I mean, it, these hypothetical situations, if he plays or not. But um, yeah, I, 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 as we were talking before, we switched the mic on. 
I agree. I don't see how Naismith can can be dropped or put out wide because you know it's our main goal threat at the moment. It's it's daft to to suggest that, isn't it? There is always the other option of uh, Stevie Naismith right up top with Barkley and behind him, and uh, maybe giving Lukaku a little spell on the bench. Any chance? Well, I think Naismith's been up top anyway, so. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it's tricky. He could come in behind Naismith and put Lukaku out on the right, which he's been doing anyway, or have them kind of the three of them rotate. Um, but we need Lukaku up top as soon as possible. But how can we have him up top at the moment when Naismith's the one banging them in? I don't know. I put the question. Yeah, up. they agree. I put the question out there this week, uh, or last week it might have been, does anyone think that the Naismith like, train will stop rolling, you know what I mean? Do you think this run of form, do you think it will continue all season? Is this the level of player that he is and the level of goal scorer that he is? Or do you think the wheels will kind of fall off a little bit? And when that does, that's when Lukaku will move up top and you know, it can be kind of justified. I don't know, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, a good bit of news is, and this is something we touched on last week, uh, it looks as if uh, Sylvan Distan's definitely available for the Villa game. So we obviously talked on last week's podcast about, you know, the, the ongoing recent saga uh, with Sylvan Distan, but it looks like, you know, relationships might be repaired or and he's uh, recharged, I think Roberto put it. Um, so... Uh, Sylvan is available for, for the game against Villa. Good. I'd be glad to see him back in the fold and I hope Evertonians get off his back because he's not the reason. Him, on his own, he's not the reason we've had a poor start. He might be responsible in some aspect, but so are all the other players. So, you know, let's get welcome him back and get on get behind him instead of, you know, slagging him off like other, like and slagging off all the other players. We're meant to be Evertonians and we're slagging off our own players when you know we're meant to be having we're meant to be optimistic at the moment. Um it doesn't sound like optimism to me, it just sounds like everyone's just looking for scapegoats all the time. Uh so we need we need this win. Uh just quickly touching on a few other players. Uh it looks like, you know, Pinar, Seamus and James McCarthy are all still very doubtful for the game. And obviously as we know Kevin Morales is uh, definitely ruled out with his uh, his ongoing hamstring issue. I just I can't I can't work out what this injury to Coleman is. Well, as I said, a, a few weeks ago I got told that there was rumours that he had a fractured skull. So you know, it, it's getting on for, for quite a number of weeks he's been out now. So maybe there is some truth in that rumour. Why it, this hasn't been come out, if it is true, I've got no idea. But, um, you know, that that was a rumour I, I heard. Now, if it's just like a hairline small fracture, he probably wouldn't be out for like a year or anything or a massive amount of time. But it probably would take him about six to eight weeks to come back. What Alpina as well? Every week we hear Pina's fit and ready to return and then suddenly he's not again. Well, Pina's obviously got some sort of thigh problem as has James McCarthy. Um, I don't know whether, you know, people are asking 
over social media, over Facebook, whether there's a problem with, with the way that the players are training, you know, and these reoccurring injuries. So uh, maybe that needs to be looked into by the coaching staff. Do you think they've just got a bully, a bully in the squad who's going going around and giving everyone those dead legs that he used to um, get in high school? I think Bessic, I think it's Bessic, I think Bessic has come in and he's thought, I'm going to have all yous off here and um, started doing that. Little sly ass. If it's anyone, it's going to be Bessic, isn't it? I unless, think so. Uh, unless Big Dunks is a bit short of a bit of money and is having to wear... Uh, bully a few of the players into giving them a few quid every week. Yeah, it gives you lunch money. <laughs> 1,500 quid a, a pop or whatever. There you go. Um, yeah, anyway. On to, have, you, have you got any more injury, injury news or on to the other news of the no, week? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, you know, it, this weekend, this game against Villa this week is one of uh, Everton's special uh, weekends. And it's uh, a return to what was probably our favourite sort of initiative last season. It's a return of a retro weekend. Yeah, so hopefully the Sabutio players on the scoreboard will come out and the uh, what the retro type scoreboard as well. Um, I think it might go even more old school than that because last, if you remember last season's retro weekend was sort of based in... I think it was like the, the, the late 70s, wasn't it? Or even the early 80s. Was it the mid-80s? It was based on possibly. Um, and it looks like this week's re- retro weekend is more sort of geared towards uh, the 1960s. So it could be that we get a, maybe a, a black and white scoreboard and uh, maybe you know team lineups that represent that sort of era. How, how far back do you think this will go? Do you think they'll start it where we have somebody actually changing the scores, if any scores are, you know, like just on paper, or do you think we're just it's going to stick with video? I've got no idea. I think one week we'll come back for retro weekend and we'll be back playing at Anfield for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no, don't, don't even, don't no, even yeah, joke about I, that. I just nearly threw up in my own mouth then. That, that was, I don't even know why I said that. It wasn't funny, it wasn't big, it wasn't clever. I apologise. Yeah. Uh, uh, other news, I suppose. I haven't written this down, but I suppose it's uh, something we should we should talk about. Um, obviously, talked a little bit about uh, going to Lille next week, and I think by I'm the... going to Lille. You know, do you know that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Everton and everything made up. We our, our mate Paul seems to still have a couple of places available. I don't know whether people have dropped out. Um, and. This is just on the last check, I mean, a, a day or so ago. Uh, I think he's still got a couple of places, and, you know, if people are desperate to go, I'm sure that there might be some standby options as well. So, get in touch with us as soon as possible, and we'll try, you know, if you're serious about it. When does the coach leave, Mark? When do you, when do you set off? Um, well, all the coaches are leaving sort of the evening before. The staggered leaving times are on the Wednesday night. Uh, I think the first one leaves about... 9pm on a Wednesday uh, ranging up until about sort of midnight on a Wednesday obviously to make different ferries uh, first thing in the morning last time I spoke to Paul I think he had about possibly about 8 places left uh, and they were just coach only no match tickets obviously people are having to provide their own match tickets uh, all 5,270 odd from the club have all officially sold out now uh, so there's no getting tickets via official means, um, but as 
ever resourceful Evertonians, uh, a lot of blues are getting tickets from other sources. So, uh, you know, we're looking at about 12,000 Evertonians over there that think at last count. Um, and yeah, so there are a couple of a couple of specs left on the coaches if anyone's interested. Last I heard, there were six. This was the day before yesterday. So obviously they are you know dwindling down very very fast. This is going from like quite a few that he had. So it really you know if you're listening to the podcast Friday morning, I'd I'd suggest you get back in touch very very soon. Um, yeah. Paul's uh, actually in Lille now. Oh, is he? Is he doing a trial run? Is he? He's gone on a scouting mission, yeah. Um, I'm sure he's got some mad idea that he's going to carry out over there. So, yeah, he's gone for a little scouting mission. Uh, he said that, you know, to warn people of the prices of uh, ale over there, I think pints are going for about seven quid a pint, uh, and that's not on a match day. Um, there's not a great deal of, of big bars. So it's not going to be particularly easy to get saved. Uh, I think the best idea is to to grab a crate on a day and get yourself down to one of the the main squares, the the Grande Square, I think it is, where most of the Blues be meeting, uh, and let's have a big blue party. Yeah, uh, you know the number of European trips. There was only a couple I've been on, and once, once, whenever and hit, they do take over. And um and it's it's most of the time it's good natured although one time I fell victim to a little bit of, uh, poor, natured uh, football in banter let's just say, um but you know it all got a, it all got a bit Danny Dyer and Lee's didn't it Yeah, I don't know what I don't know I think there was a little bit of payback because uh, there was one of the Lee's coaches was attacked uh around County Roadway, um. I don't know. I don't know. But they decided to, to take a, uh, take their revenge on unsuspecting uh, non-hooligan Evertonians with uh, small children and old folks uh, not being uh, well. They didn't discriminate. Let's just say, and uh, they came out of nowhere and uh, attacked a few of us. Luckily, I got away unscathed because an idiot attacked me <laughs> who couldn't defend himself. Um, didn't know who he was messing with, did he, lad? No, he just he, he obviously uh, he went he went for the sweep, and obviously I turned me knee in and uh, blocked him. You know, UFC style, Chris Weidman style. If every any, anyone watches, <laughs> taught him everything he knows, and uh, this this lad, yeah, decided he didn't want any more, so dust ourselves off and uh, then get escorted into the. Everton end like we were the ones who had attacked people so yeah so that was my uh, but the, the rest of that day uh, was just absolutely unbelievable one of the best experiences ever being part of that our blue our big blue family there having a few drinks and um, just amazing well that's it exactly you know I think everybody hopes that there's there's no trouble at the game uh, and as we say it's just a, it's just a, a big party uh, and the Evertonians you know, increase the reputation that they've already got uh, for being great football supporters. Yes, of course, and uh, I'll be representing uh, whilst um, watching ITV for boo. Anyway, is it just is, is it just going to be you sat on the couch with your good mates Adrian Childs and uh, 
Andy Townsend then? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, I might even just watch it on WYSIWYG or something, just so I can watch an American version rather than sitting through them. Did you see this week that uh, one of the one of the I think it was the BBC website possibly, or it was one of the big popular websites anyway. Someone you know quite respected and and someone that you, that you can fairly trust did a, a big poll on who is the the worst uh, co-commentator currently on, on TV. Uh, and surprise, surprise, Andy Townsend won by an absolute landslide um, from Michael Owen in second. So it was uh, actually, you know, it was probably what you would have expected. Yeah, I don't, I don't, unfairly, I suppose. But Phil Neville doesn't get the best... Uh... The, the best responses when he's doing a commentary but I think he's quite insightful he's just a little bit monotone but I think that'll come for Phil and I'm going to re- defend him because he's an ex-blue even though he is a grass <laughs> yeah there is that yeah <laughs> and uh, Michael Owen coming in second have you seen all this stuff this week about Michael Owen saying he, he can't ever watch films because he can't get into them and he's only ever seen eight films in his entire life God, imagine how many books he's read then. Can, can you not get onto the irony of this, right? Michael Owen can't watch films because he finds them too boring. Yeah. He finds them too boring. Yeah. Michael. It's a joke, isn't it? Michael, Michael, yeah. Uh, yeah. One, Michael one-tone Owen. Um, yeah. Uh, just... Before we've got a few funny social media things to talk about in a little bit, uh, but just one final little bit of news, I suppose, for the week uh, as it goes back to Retro Day. Did we actually mention that the mural of Roberto is being covered by the Holy Trinity picture? I think we said it, it was harking back to the 60s, but I don't think we mentioned that, did we? Yeah, obviously, that, that's been unveiled now. Um, I've seen a picture of it, uh, it looks really smart actually. Uh, obviously, you know, Harvey, Kendall and Ball and all the glory uh, at the sides of the main stands. Uh, I like it. It does look good. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to stay there for, whether it'll just be for the weekend and then we'll go back to uh, to Bobby Brown's shoes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the club have done well with that. It looks smart. Yeah, obviously uh, taking our lead in, uh, you know, honouring the greatest midfield trio Everton have ever seen, um, you know. Well, that's our, that's our own crest uh, honors the Holy Trinity as well. So uh, I actually tweeted the club and the, their their social media fella today. Uh, no, sorry, this week to see whether they wanted to use our badge for anything. But uh, funnily enough, they didn't uh, get back to me. Never mind. On the subject of tweeting, uh, Big Joe Royal, another player, sort of from from a similar era. Um, we took over Twitter this week. Now, I'm not 100% sure whether Big Joe probably is a big Twitter user. He probably had somebody open him out there, I would have thought. Um, but there was uh, quite a few of the usual sort of amusing scouser questions sent in to Big Joe. Uh, you know, but uh, one interesting question that got sent in to him was um, who was the biggest name player that you ever tried to sign who? we didn't get, basically. Uh, and, and Big Joe mentioned that, you know, he tried to get Nigel Martin before he signed for Leeds. So, you know, Nigel Martin 
basically in his prime and and, and that never came off. Hold on, uh, just before just before you move on to Nigel Martin, didn't we actually we actually brought him in for uh, to discuss terms and everything, didn't we? And I think Peter Johnson was this the same time he took him on a tour of park hampers. Uh, but didn't really treat him that well, and he ended up going and signing for Leeds instead. Yeah, I th- yeah, it will be exactly that time. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's been quite well documented in the past the the reasons why Joe Royal ended up leaving Everton uh, as manager was because, you know, he wanted to sign Tor Andre Flo at the time, and, and I wasn't backed in that. Um, but he also mentioned, and I've never heard this before, and you know, as soon as I read it, I thought. I had one of those moments where you just sort of sit back and go, oh my God, could you even imagine it? And that was that he uh, he spoke to Dennis Bergkamp's agent before Dennis Bergkamp signed for Arsenal. Uh, and obviously, which was quite close to signing Dennis Bergkamp for Everton. That, yeah, amazing. I just, you know, how, how much would the landscape at Everton have changed if we'd have signed Bergkamp? Would it have changed at all? You know, well, obviously it would have changed, you know, but would you know? Would we have been more successful? Don't know. Would we have been able to to keep hold of them? I mean, you know, I go back through the Premier League and all the players who've ever played in the Premier League, and Dennis Bergkamp's probably in for me. On players I've seen, you know, live and in front of me, he's definitely in the top five, probably in the top three. Yeah, he's just unbelievable skill, control, and um, finishing. Just deadly, wasn't he? So that goal when he uh, when he did that little spin pirouette against Newcastle, just and you know the goals he scored against Leicester, uh, yeah, unbelievable player. Uh, on on another note as well, somebody else who revealed similar sort of things this week. Sam Allardyce has been out saying that when he was manager of Newcastle, he tried and failed to sign Phil Jagielka. Wait, is this when he was still at uh, Sheffield United? I take it. I think it was when we, we came in for him, yeah, obviously he, he wanted them to go to Newcastle and, and, and Big Phil uh, turned down uh, the gravy-centred advances of, of, of Big Sam uh, and decided to sign for Everton rather than Newcastle. Uh, and, you know, a similar story again this week that's come out is that Roy Keane in his book reveals that he tried to sign uh, Leighton Baines when he left Wigan, when he was manager of Sunderland. Uh, and a bid was accepted by Wigan uh, and Leighton Baines basically spoke to Roy Keane immediately and said, uh, you know, I'm flattered by the bid, I'd be willing to talk to you, but if Everton come in for me, then that's where I'll be going no matter what because I'm an Evertonian and, and, and that's what happens. So uh, fair play to uh, Bainesy there. Yeah, nice one. Okay, so got a few more tiny bits of news just play a few players we have been linked with uh, who's this fella who's this Mings fella you were talking about uh, well he's a, a young defender basically who's, who's very highly rated uh, plays for Ipswich currently under under Mick McCarthy um, and you know you'd have a look at him he looks a good uh, athlete a big lad uh, and you know is doing well in the championship so definitely the type of player uh, I quite like to be linked to it, you know, promising, young, uh, you know, building a bit of experience up it in, in the lower leagues, building himself up, getting stronger. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunate surname, Tyrone Mings, uh, you know, could be open to 
quite a bit of scouse banter with that surname. But uh, yeah, you know, I think it's someone who we should definitely be having a look at. I think uh, that's scouse banter. I think uh, scousers are known to be merciless. Yeah, that's probably not an example of banter. That's just an example of a really terrible joke. <laughs> Why didn't you come up with it? You do the shit joke. Because I, I just hope that he's, uh, you know, doesn't shatter like a vase. Yeah, no. Um. Anyway, who's this other fella, the Chelsea youngster we've been linked with? We have been linked with Lucas Piazon. Genuine link, or do you think this is loads of ball again? Well, you know, he's a, Piazon's a player who's been at Chelsea for a couple of years now. He's one of these like eighty odd players that Chelsea signed as a kid and loan out every year. He's currently on loan at Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, not really getting a sniff of being in or around the Chelsea first team. Uh, and I think Chelsea are obviously looking at the next sort of raft of players for next season. So Piazon thinks his, uh, his days may be numbered and apparently ourselves and Arsenal are interested in him. So it could be like Dennis Bergkamp all over again. Uh, or it, it could be like uh, Romelu Lukaku or Christian Atsu all over again. I think it's just we're going, to, we're going to be linked with any Chelsea youngster now, aren't we? Because we've taken two of their players on loan. So I think it might just be lazy journalism. Didn't we battle Arsenal for the signing of Adam Ramsey, or am I making that up? Um, we could you call it a battle? I think they just whipped our asses and took them. Uh, well, it's a good job he turned out to be crap then, isn't it? Yeah. Like that big camp fella. Yeah, we're not doing well when we do battle with Arsenal, are we? No, no. All right, okay. Um, so that's all our news of the week, I'm guessing. Uh, we did well, considering we had none. Um, and we're going to uh, have a little bit of a social media talk in a sec, so here's all our links. Feel free to get in touch with us. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Right. Okay, so there's our social media links. Um, before we go into questions, I suppose we should welcome our mate from Oz, Carl, who's featured on the air a few times, to our page. He's uh, now one of the admins, so it's not just us two talking nonsense on there, it's him as well. Yeah, he's coming to, to basically rile shit up, hasn't he? I mean, he's telling people to bore off and everything. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a right little... Go with this one, eh? Yes, Pitbull, don't get, don't get on the wrong side of Carl. Um, but his uh, on the social media aspect of things this week, um, he put the question out today, uh, for, well, yesterday actually, uh, campaigning for Bobby to start Browning and Jags versus Villa. Uh, does anyone agree, or do you think Distan, Alcaraz or Hibbert are better options? So the first one has got the best name on our page I reckon it's Dante Price and he says maybe not so much Alcaraz but he still needs to earn his wages by playing some so um, I don't know I don't know what, what does that actually answer 
I'm just having a little bit of a nightmare at the moment and can't actually find it. Oh, it's okay, I've found it. I, I was struggling to find the thread for a minute. Um, that's it. I mean, what what is he saying there? Don't play Alcaraz, but the lad does need to earn his wages. I mean, so, so are you saying play him or are you saying don't play him? Uh, you need to clarify that one, I think, Dante. Uh, ben Williams uh, says no to Alcaraz, though. Yeah, um, Ryan Iberton, uh depends how this Dan is. Uh, he could back, he could come back to normal after that rest. Um, so it looks like Ryan is saying if this stands fit, uh, get him in. Uh, Noel Anthony McNee and Josh Donhart both say Browning. First lad says Browning, believe in youth, and Josh says bring in Browning. So, yeah. Um, Stuart Tag. Ever the optimist says it's no time to be pissing around with untested players, so I think he's given a big eh, eh, to uh, to Ty Browner. Yeah, Gavin McKinley says seventeenth in a table. Now is not the time to be experimenting with youth. I would defo go with Distan if he's okay now. Yeah, I mean you know, I so I I do agree with him at the moment, um, and Gary Gill does also saying Distan is solid as a rock. Um, Michael Brown, another one we need to be dominating. We can't afford to experiment, especially at the back. So, you know, quite a few shouts there, you know, up for this, Dan. And this this Villa game, you know, it's a big game at the moment. We've got to sort of stop the rot. And, and it looks like people are saying, let's go with what we know best. And, and hopefully it'll get back to, to old form. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Hughes, who's been on a few times and speaks more sense than uh, most, actually. She says it's laughable that some fans who deem to actually watch Everton every week believe that Distant is the only reason we are 17th, only in capitals. Another scapegoat. There has been mistakes all over the pitch. Browning looks like a great young player in a couple of 15-20 mins we have seen and great things being said from within the club. He needs easing in though, not just thrown in as a regular at centre-back. So, a lot of sense from Michelle again. Yeah, I mean, you look through that and, and you look through all, all the comments there. There only seems to be, there seems to be two main arguments. It's either go with experience with this, Dan, or go with youth with Brown. Um, you know, no real shouts at all for, for Alcaraz, as probably would be would be expected. Um, the odd one, again, for, for Besic, you know, who obviously has played for other clubs in that position before. Um you know, look like he, the lad can certainly tackle him. I mean, the way he tracked Gareth Bale back the other week in an international game for for, for Bosnia and, and put in a, a last-ditch tackle against Gareth Bale shows the lad, you know, he's no slouch, he's quick. Uh, whether he's got that discipline at the minute to, to, to play in a Premier League game there, I don't know. I think that would be probably the biggest risk out of all of them. Um, so for me, I agree with most of the posts. It's out of this Dan and Browner, uh, and for me, this Dan just edges it at the moment. There's two other uh, like combinations there. Nick Marsland has got Gareth Barry playing at uh, left centre, um, and uh, where was the other one? There's a few others who've got Browning coming in as well as this Dan, and Browning playing right back instead of Hibbo. So I think that's a little bit unfair on Hibbo at the moment. I think Hibbo should get the nod. At right back, and if Distan plays, um, bring 
Browning on later on in the game for either one of those who aren't performing? I don't know. I mean, that's not a particularly bad shout about Gareth Barry. You know, he has played there before. Nobody, you know, in the, in the game for Aston Villa or Everton will be anywhere nearly as experienced as Gareth Barry at this level. So, uh, yeah, you know, he's not like he's going to lose his head. It's not like he doesn't know how to play the position he does. So, it's not the worst shout in the world. Um, you know, yeah, it's something that hadn't crossed my mind, but it could work. Yeah, uh, I, I mean his positioning, his positional sense is um, you know second to none really, isn't it? The way he mops up, um, you know, the, the picks off loose passes in the midfield and that uh, he hasn't got a lot of pace, so it's all about his experience. So uh, he, he definitely could do a, do a job uh, job there. I just I think it'll be a bit of a slap in the face to both Browning and Distan if Barry gets the nod there though, and don't you think? Yeah, no, I I agree, and, and you know I think probably we're going to need, especially if uh, if James McCarthy's not fit, we're going to need Barry in the centre of the park anyway. So uh, as I say, uh, if this stands, if this stands mentally ready, physically ready for me, it's with this stand. But if I saw Brown and start there, you know I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't think the lad wasn't up to it, you know. I learned that lesson last season, you know, when Stones came into the team, I was thinking. You know, is this kid going to be able to adapt to, to the Premier League? And uh, and look what happened there. He sort of, within the space of a few months, became one of the best centre-halves in, in the country. So uh, there's no reason why Ty Brown can't do the same. Yeah. Uh, so, social media section. Normally we do ask a few questions, um, but just but there's just not that much to ask at the moment. So... Um, We'll we'll be back with a few more uh, as we get you know back into the swing of uh, the Everton thing. Uh, something else that's been going on social media this week. Uh, you text me about it and I haven't had a proper chance to respond. Have I seen all these Randy Orton from out of nowhere things, all these RKO things? And I'm sure I'm not alone. We are not alone in seeing these because they've been spreading like wildfire all over the place. And someone was showing me them yesterday in in work, and they are the funniest things in a long time. Particularly the one on our mate Stevie Me. Yeah, I mean it, it is. You know, it's one of those random things that just sort of take over the internet. And for anyone who, who thinks what are these lads talking about there? Uh, Randy Orton's a wrestler in WWE. He does this move called the RKO, which he and he's quite famous for just sort of doing it, pulling it out of nowhere and beating people. Uh, and basically, what's happened is any, any sort of bits of video uh, out there on the internet of people falling flat on the face or doing something stupid and hurting themselves, you know, think sort of you've been framed type clips. Uh, they've sort of put. Randy Orton on to, to in a vine to, to make it look like he's the one who's took them down to the floor and there is a very amusing one uh, that involves Stevie G uh, aka Slippy G getting taken down by Randy Orton against uh, Chelsea last season so uh, effectively Randy Orton cost Liverpool the Premier League I'll, I'll, I'll take that I'll have it yeah so yeah definitely worth a watch if you uh, yeah well definitely worth a watch no matter what for a giggle um, so social media section um, as always thanks for all your feedback and input on it uh, we will try and get a little a little bit more of your involvement a few more questions out there we've had a few nice messages this week and people saying you know um, 
well, as particularly particularly off a lad called uh, Paul Brown, uh, inboxed us and said, um, you know, uh, he thinks we're doing a good job. Uh, better when we're in a room together. It's a little bit more of a you know natural feel, a little bit more banter between us and that. But uh, keep up the good work. And it's you know, I say I said we said this last week. It's always uh, it's that kind of thing, isn't it, Mark? That you know, even though we're knackered, we're working shifts all over the show. It makes it worthwhile because uh, people up and down the country don't have blues to talk about the game with. So, uh, oh, I say, I say just up and down the country, all over the world, aren't they? So, you know, down under, over in Chicago, uh, in in the Far East. So, yeah, glad to be able to have service, no matter how knackered we are. Yeah, agreed. And uh, did I mention, have I mentioned at all on the podcast this week that I'll be a foreign blue next Thursday when, when I'm in Lille? Yeah, you, that. yeah, you might have mentioned that once and tw- once or twice, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it did or not, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> You're not happy about this, are you? Did I, did I mention that um, I was at I was at Wembley in 1995 twice to watch the Blues? Right, moving on. <laughs> it's a good job we haven't got some of the glory eighties on here saying, "Well, I was there." Uh, you know, I was there when we won the league twice in the European Cup Winners' Cup, so shut up, both of you. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah, so moving on from the social media section, uh, we should have a little look at the game against Villa. Uh, yes, we shall. Uh, and obviously, you know, I think we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, it's a, it's a big, big game at the moment, obviously, because of uh, the the what you would say is is poor league form for the Blues so far this season. Um, you know, I think we I mentioned last week about the, the fixture list hasn't been particularly kind to us, but that's by the by now. Those games are gone, uh, and we've got the points that we've got, uh, and we have to try and build on them. And at the moment, uh, the league table doesn't make a pretty reading, does it, Johnny? No, it's funny though, isn't it? Um, with the poor start we've had, and people's memories seem to be very short, and the predictions that have been going been going out so far, I've seen. Oh, we're going to turn them over three nil and four nil. And um, Villa, uh, there are no mugs. You know what I mean? They they started they started well. We haven't. So how are we going to turn them over four nil? You know, they not they they started really well and gone off the boil a little bit. But you know, as I say, no mugs at all. Yeah, I mean, I think they have, they've sort of lost a little bit of form recently, haven't they? They've lost uh, the last few games they've played. Um, and you look, I mean, you know, I usually like to leave my, my man, to, man to watch till sort of a bit further on in the preview, but I'm going to get out there nice and early this week. Uh, and for me this week, it's going to be a Gabby Agbonglaho. Um Funnily enough, we are the side that he scored the most Premier League goals against. He scored seven goals against us at Bangalore. Uh, you know, so and he scored in his last two Premier League appearances at Goodison Park. Uh, so, you know, he, he's one of those players who over the years has haunted us a little bit. Even before he scored against us, I hated that prick. I've got no idea why. I might just he's got one of those faces where I just wanna I I, I don't know, I just wanna punch that horrible little face in and <laughs> And you know the seven goals against us have done nothing to uh, ease that you know need for me to just commit violence when he's around. <laughs> yeah, 
Anyway. Uh, I, I mean, one thing I think, Everton, looking at the stats, I was reading through the stats before, I mean, a good thing coming into the game really is, when you look at Villa, even though he started off the season well, uh, in seven games so far this season, they've only had ten shots on target. Now, you know, as much as sort of Tim Howard gets derided a little bit by some some sections of the Evertonians, you know, one thing that Tim Howard does do well is, is shot stop. Uh, so, usually you tend to find Everton get beat by teams who have had a lot of efforts on goal, uh, you know, and, and just by the law of averages, some of them have gone in. Um, you know, if we can keep Aston Villa down to sort of, you know, two, maybe three, maybe four shots on target, then... Uh, you know, I think we can definitely score past them. Uh, defensively, as we say, uh, they've not been great over the last few games, but it does look like Ron Vlaar, Ron Crete, uh, as he's known, uh, is due to return to the Villa side. Well, uh, there was talk about Ben Teke featuring again. Yeah, I mean, he came back last week, didn't he? I think he'd come on as sub. Uh, didn't play sort of, you know, what you would expect after such a long injury layoff, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, I don't think he'll start, uh, but he is possibly in line. Uh, other news from Aston Villa is that uh, Fabian Delph has picked up a knock this week in training. Uh, may miss the game, which would be good news for the Blues because he's probably been Villa's best player this season. England's Fabian uh, Delph. England's Fabian Delph, uh, and a, a player that's actually been linked with Everton over the past few weeks. Get, hold uh, on, just possible. before you move on there, guess who we're going to do a <laughs> do it uh, battle it out with for the signature? Uh, is it Arsenal by any chance? <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so we'll we'll probably look at you know a Villa side that's missing one or two of its of its better players. So it is a good chance for the Blues to 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 go out there and, and to get three points and to get the the season moving again. Uh, I think we, we've already talked earlier in the news section about the players that we've got missing. Um, so let's have a little look at the players who, who you know, we've got available. Um, we've talked already about uh, what we think the sort of centre-back partnership may be. Um, are you thinking that, that Tony Ebert keeps his place at the moment, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. As I say, you know, he, he's done well. Uh, in the in the games he's featured in so far, you know he he did well against Liverpool, he did well against Man United, uh, and he did well in in the the, the game, uh, obviously out in Krasnodar as well. So I don't think he's done anything that would merit somebody else filling in at right back ahead of him uh, until Coleman's back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the voice of the internet seems to think that Tony Hibbert, despite his three uh, good performance, is still. Absolutely finished. Um, I I just wonder whether the voice of the internet actually watches uh, Everton games because he's done all right. So just you know, why why you know bury his career? Well, he's still got some left in him. You know, he he might get. He's our most experienced right back, even when Coleman's available. So give him a chance again. So, are we predicting then a back four of Baines, Distan, Jagielka, Hibbert? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much think that'll be it. With Ty Browning on the bench, obviously, to cover centre-half and right-back. Yeah. Uh, and then moving into midfield, I think we're looking at Barry and Bessic if Jimmy Mack doesn't make it. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously Gareth Barry playing against his uh, his long time, long term former club. Um, so he, he's going to be keen to impress there. Uh, and I can only see Besic. I mean, Gibbo again. You know, it, I I think Gibbo's our best passer. I've said it a few times. Uh, best, you know. Best of pulling the strings, maybe not passing, you know, 40, 50 yards, but the, the type of passing that keeps it ticking over. Um, and then playing the odd long pass out as well. I think he he come in and do a job, but I think you're right. I think Besic will be the man to come in. Yeah, I mean, very much like what we said with Tony a bit. I don't think in the games that he, he, he's coming for, I don't think Besic has done that much wrong. I don't think he's done anything to harm his chances of of getting another game. Um, you know, so far since since Gibbo's return from his injury, he still hasn't convinced me that he's fully fit in all honesty. Um, you know, I think we could we could, with Jimmy Mac out, uh, we could probably do with someone with a bit of legs in the middle of the park and and Bessage seems to have that in his game. So yeah, I'd expect Bessage to play in there. Um and then obviously the four attacking players uh, ahead you know, that's 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 up for debate and that's where the debate is as always. So it looks like McGeezy will probably get a game, won't it? Won't he? Well he did play, you know, the full game uh, on Wednesday night away in Germany, so um I don't know. It you know, it could be one of those ones where he comes back, he's a bit leggy, bit of a short turnaround, so it's a Wednesday night to, to Saturday afternoon. Um I wouldn't be surprised if McGeady didn't start. Um, obviously, there is concerns about Pienaar's, um fitness, so we could be getting into Atsu territory. So, yeah, I keep forgetting about Atsu, and I, I remembered him again before, and then forgot about it again. <laughs> so, we're talking about maybe Atsu or Osman again. Um, obviously, he, we To think... be fair, he, he is only little, so he'd be quite easy to overlook. Yeah. Um, but we, we think Lukaku is going to play, and we think Naismith is going to play. So then, there's those there's those two uh, places up for grabs, really, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Lee Osman's not been away with uh, any international duty. He's going to be he's going to be fresh, isn't he? Um, so yeah, you know, you're looking at McGeady, Osman, Atsu. Um, yeah, it could be any one of them. And then obviously, the slim chance that Ross Barkley might make it back. I very much, you know, I'd be extremely surprised if he started the game. Yeah, but we've been surprised before, and we we need him. I think we need him. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Ross gets the nod and is able to, uh, you know, come back in fresh and uh, match fit. Well, yeah, although that might he's, he's a young lad. So what what's match fit to a young lad? Well, yeah, but you, what you don't want to do is risk him to get injured again, do you? That's a problem, you know. You, you just can't push these injuries too quickly. Um, what's your thoughts on Samuel Eto'o? Do we see him from the start, or is it going to be another substitute appearance for, for Eto'o? Well, that's the same. You know, Lukaku was away, so, you know, a short turnaround again, whether he, whether he, he played much or not. You know, he's still away, isn't he? So, Eto'o hasn't been away. He's fully rested. I'm sure he's getting working really hard in training. Uh, so it could be it could be uh, where we see Etu get the nod. It's that's a nice problem to have, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I'm fairly confident going into this game. Um, looking at a prediction, 
uh, I think you know I've got a feeling that actually you know Villa may sneak a goal through Agbongahor just because as you say he does quite often score past us um, but I, I think we're going to see a slightly different Evan in this game and I'm going to go 3-1 to the Blues well hopefully fingers crossed we uh, you know, obviously a clean sheet would be nice but we wouldn't uh, wouldn't frown at that at all would we uh, hopefully Evertonian Roy Keane will uh, be doing us a favour on the uh, Villa bench I don't think he's officially an Evertonian is he he said a few nice things about us in his book uh, I think that's probably more to wind up uh, Liverpool supporters than anything else I don't think he's an Evertonian although he did admit that he nearly signed for us nearly another one who imagine that Keane and Bergkamp in, in the spine of the team yeah true yeah if only we could have got like uh you know, Cantona and, uh, you know, Maldini and uh, Brazy or someone about the same time. We probably would have had a decent side, wouldn't we? This, it always reminds me of, um, we laugh, laugh about this a few times, um, when Alan Shearer uh, signed for Newcastle for £15 million and Everton made a press uh, statement that we are showing our ambition by putting a bid in for Alan Shearer after their £15 million bid had been accepted we made this Everton transfer record bid of £13.2 million. I was like what is that all about it doesn't, that's just absolutely ridiculous Man United and Newcastle had just had bids accepted for £15 million and we're showing our ambition by bidding £13.2 okay I don't know. I think uh, we we didn't need, and we probably had like you know, Danny Kadamati or someone up front at the time. So we didn't need Alan Shearer, did we? I can't even think if we would have had at the time. Then happy birthday, Danny, if you're listening this week. Oh, well, it was his birthday this week, yeah, and it was Graham Sharp. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, I forgot to say happy birthday to Sharp. Happy birthday, Sharp, if you're listening. Uh, get us on. Uh, get us on the radio next time you're on. Uh, yeah, so hopefully the Blues can give uh, Sharpie and Daddy, Danny Cadamati the, the Bertie present that they're both open for, and that's three points to Goodison on Saturday. Yeah, and um, as far as we're concerned, uh, we want to say thanks for listening as always. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, I sound like I'm pissed. I haven't even had, I haven't had a drink for ages. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening on SoundCloud as always. If you're listening on SoundCloud and have an Apple device, why not go and subscribe? on iTunes search not bitter just better in the iTunes store um, also I think uh, I'm pretty much gonna uh, what are we doing next week with the podcast Mark uh, I think I might have to go solo because I don't think you're gonna be here are you no I was just about to, to mention that uh, I'm gonna be I thought you were I thought you were gonna mention yeah, that so I don't know what we're gonna do about the podcast what I was thinking is how about I phone in from the coach to Leo yeah, if not, if not, you can send, you can do some uh, funky recording and email it to me, and then I'll put, I'll throw it in. Right, okay. Uh, if we can, we'll try and get some sort of live phone link up from France, though, um, because uh, let's face it, I'm gonna have about, I don't know, twenty two hours on a coach over the space of two days, and I don't need to kill some time on, so uh, that should be interesting. Yeah, you're also going to have 22 hours on a coach full of pissed singing Evertonians. So whether you get a chance to actually record anything, I, I pretty much doubt. 
I can deal with that. It just dawned on me, though, that I'm going to have to sit next to Paul for 22 hours. Uh, yeah, I've sorted half to red in it now. Thanks for that. <laughs> nice one. Uh, well, do you want to go into work for me and I'll go instead? Uh, no, you're all right. You're all right. I think I'll uh, just keep it as is. Fair enough. Well, hopefully we'll talk about a uh, nice blue victory when you get back. Um, anyway, thanks for listening this week, Blues, and hopefully we get three points this week and then we have a happy podcast next week. Come on, you Blues. One of us is going on a European tour, a European tour, a European tour. Alas. <laughs>